This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com slash Blue Wire to sign up this year. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL teams against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. And this message was brought to you by Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Someone who is arguably the best wide receiver in all of football, that Antonio Brown, is now an Oakland Raider. What's going on, Raider Nation? Another week here of Raiders football. Preseason football is underway. Um, after tonight. Now, we only have one game left before the actual season starts. I'm getting absolutely amped. Um, but a couple things on a side note before we get talking into Raiders football. Uh, I have, I guess, a apology for you guys, or should I say some explaining to do. Um, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you probably noticed that I started talking about my fantasy football drafts. And uh, just the other day, I had my second of three fantasy football drafts that I'm doing this year. Uh, and I just so happened to, in the fifth round, uh, draft Amari Cooper. Now, <laughs> I know I didn't want him either, but he was there in the fifth and I couldn't pass it up, so I drafted him. And now I'm also stuck with this was a two person keeper league, um, and I'm stuck with Melvin Gordon. I didn't really have any other choices to go from, so I kept DeAndre Hopkins and Melvin Gordon. I'm currently trying to take Amari Cooper and Melvin Gordon. I'm trying to package them up. I'm really trying to get Antonio Brown. Um, but I will tell you uh, to make up for things. Uh, I drafted Josh Jacobs again, and that's actually the second time in my in my two drafts already that I've drafted him. So going into my final draft, 
on the 31st. I cannot screw up and draft him again as much as I want him. Um, I was able to keep Josh in my keeper league, so I'm hoping Josh and DeAndre Hopkins are my keeper guys next year. And uh, now it's all about, I guess I need to really try and dump off Amari Cooper and Melvin Gordon here. I, I, I'm not a fan of keeping guys in the AFC West. I got stuck with them last year uh, before the trade deadline. I was trying to, uh, I guess, package them up and and I was trying to use uh, Melvin Gordon as a stepping stone to get somebody else. It didn't work out. But, yeah, I, that's my current fantasy football situation. Um, if you guys have any uh, fantasy football questions or anything going on this year, as a Raiders fan, uh, always hit my DMs, ask me questions. I'm gonna add, I know I'm a big-time Raiders uh, fan and fanatic, uh, but fantasy football is, is kind of my go-to also. So with any questions, you can always hit me up as the drafts are rolling around. But all back to Raiders football. I am glad that we are kind of at a standstill on this Antonio Brown roller coaster. Things are kind of, you know, the water's settled. We're just chilling. We're hanging out. Things are looking good. Um, of course, we're still waiting on Antonio Brown's second helmet grievance. As you guys are listening to this, most likely on Friday, I'm recording this Thursday night. So as you're listening to this on Friday, I'm sure the arbitrator will have a decision on his second helmet grievance sometime on Friday. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be immediate or how that's going to work, uh, but it's coming. It's right around the corner. So like I said, while you're listening to this, uh, look for it. Um, that's going to be kind of, I guess, what swings this thing. But Drew Rosenhaus has already come out and said that no matter what happens with the helmet situation, Antonio Brown is going to play this year. So we can go ahead and we can throw that rumor out the window. Antonio Brown's a Raider. Now let's just hope that he gets his way. I, I want him to have his helmet that he's most comfortable in. Um, and I will say I have one more apology for you guys. If you guys listen to my bonus episode, I just got done saying because there were no reports uh, leading to this. There was nothing indicating that he had any sort of superstition or any sort of sentimental value towards this helmet. Well, uh, lo and behold, Antonio Brown's helmet that he's fighting for has been the same exact helmet that he was given to his rookie year. So. This helmet has been going home with him at night, has been pretty much refurbished, repainted, and redone before every single game. It is the same exact helmet that he's had since his rookie year. So all he's had this helmet for nine years. So not only is he super comfortable in this helmet, not only does he like the helmet, uh, he basically has a relationship with this helmet. He takes it home at night, which is absolutely nuts. So now I understand a little bit more where he's coming from, uh, thanks to Raiders Beat. Uh, for dropping that nugget for us. That was definitely something I'd never heard before. Uh, pretty nuts. But uh, yeah, so be pulling for Antonio Brown on Friday. Let's see if we can uh, get his way, keep our star wide receiver happy. That's uh, that's kind of the main goal here as Raiders fans leaning forward in this uh, crazy, crazy chain of events. Now let's go ahead and we'll backtrack a little bit. Um, I know I had the bonus episode, but I'll go ahead and rewind, and we'll take the whole week in as a whole. On Saturday after last week's game versus the Cardinals, the Raiders had a morning walkthrough with practice in the afternoon. When we heard from Derek Carr in the press conference, A.B. was in attendance, and there was a good chance that he was going to participate in the practice that afternoon, which had no media viewing window. But on Sunday... AB was not a practice, and that's where we had a media viewing window, so we were able to find out. During Saturday's break between walkthrough and practice, he learned that his 2011 helmet that he had found, um, I'm going to guess on eBay, and put it in there for testing, his 2011 helmet had failed its test and was banned. Upset, 
I'm pretty sure A.B. left that facility, and he didn't return until Monday morning when they broke camp in preparation to return to Napa. Now, looking at that story, like I said, we've covered everything. He's back with the team. He met with them. Uh, there was no practice, of course, on that Monday, but he came back on Tuesday. Everything was cool. Um, but, again, hats off to Mike Mayock because he gave that little message towards A.B.'s camp, and Antonio Brown had returned the next day. Obviously, he got the message. Uh, he came over. He broke camp. He's been wearing that new, that shut, vengeance helmet, uh, the one that he still wore for the pregame warm-ups against the Cardinals. That's what he's been practicing in. Sounds like that's going to be his go-to helmet. I mean, I'm sure he might test a couple others. I don't know why this guy doesn't wear the shut Air XP. It's really similar to the helmet that he's wearing now. Um, just a couple. It's a little modernized a little bit. I'm sure it has the newer technology on the inside with the padding. Um, it's the same helmet that Derek Carr wore uh, his first two or three years that he was playing in the NFL before he made the switch over. I forget, I don't know the brand of that new helmet, but that was the shut Air XP. Very similar, but now he's going with the shut Vengeance. A little bit crazier looking helmet. Um, so we'll see what that turns into. I'll tell you one thing. I feel like I've been uh, a shut helmet salesman the last few weeks, man. I feel like I know more about these helmets uh, than I should. It's definitely a lot more than what's for my own good. So uh, let's hope all this stuff gets behind us sooner rather than later so I can start dumping all this unneeded helmet knowledge out of my brain and start focusing more on Raiders football and hopefully we can do the same thing for Antonio Brown. And now get into the game today before the game actually apparently the field conditions were analyzed this week and considered good to play then today the day of the game they decided the old holes from the canadian goalposts because you know in the canadian football league uh they're played with the posts actually in the middle of the freaking end zone which is completely bizarre to me so when they ripped them out of the hole and they tried to patch it up of course um i guess they de- they deemed it uh, unsafe today like i guess they might have been sinking in they probably weren't level wasn't a level ground, so you don't want this big old gaping hole or something to just trip on running across the middle of the end zone. Uh, so they ended up making it a dang 80-yard field to play on with uh, with no kickoff. So uh, it was definitely a little rinky-dink, uh, and I feel like had they not made the half of the stadium or whatever that ended up showing up, had they not made them pay $200 a ticket, I'm sure they would have canceled the game. Uh, But after paying that much, I I guess they just had to do what they had to do to let the show go on. Shout out to Eric Harris. Uh, He played three years in the Canadian Football League, and tonight he was able to return now as an NFL player playing under a recent contract extension. That goes to show you no matter where you came from, you can get to where you're going. That was cool to see him out there on the pregame, uh, given the, the motivational speech, really get the players going. Uh, I forget what he said. Lay out your best resume. Some good stuff. Always a big fan of Eric Harris. Uh, no, he's I, he's never been that big, uh, flashy Pro Bowl player, but you never know, man. Hard work can get you a lot of places, so he's definitely a, a guy I'm always cheering for out there. And now, per the Raiders radio broadcast, the Raiders left 24 players back in Oakland, including the number four overall pick, Cleveland Farrell, fellow defensive ends, Arden Key, and Benson Mayoa. Uh, so 24 total players. That basically means they're probably those 24 are guaranteed to make the roster, or they were definitely maybe not supposed to make the roster. We'll see. But it uh, was definitely interesting. I guess that just goes to show you how uh, nonchalant this trip was to Canada. I can imagine John Gruden and Mike Mayock weren't a big fan of it, so they're keeping some of their players uh, back behind. Maybe they're rehabbing some stuff so they weren't making the trip. Um, but no big deal. I, I don't see any, uh, need to, I guess a lot of people thought, you know, I guess the, the 
popular thing the last few years. The third game has been kind of considered the dress rehearsal game. But the last few years, it's kind of started to fade away. And now this year, obviously nobody cared. And playing on a, you never know the field conditions. I mean, a lot of people check it out and test it out. But you never necessarily know. Playing on an 80-yard field, um, that's where Green Bay finally decided, okay, we're pulling out all of our starters. And the Raiders look to do the same. But a few guys now looking at the game itself that caught my eye because I'm not going to lie. I didn't study this game up and down. Obviously, John Gruden wasn't even calling the plays. He was out there evaluating players. Um, We had our recently uh, added ex-Jets offensive coordinator. He's actually kind of the senior offensive assistant. Uh, Morton up there in the box calling the plays. Uh, So I, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. Even Paul Gunther came out and said that, you know, we're just playing basic base defense. We're not doing anything wild. We're sticking the corners out there in man coverage. We want to see these guys play. We want to see their skills. We don't want to see uh, how they're masked necessarily with our system. Um, so one guy that immediately stood out to me was Keyshawn Nixon. And that's, of course, like I just said, in man coverage. Man, he had the eyes exactly where he needed them. He was staying on the hip. And he had a couple, well, I, I'd say maybe three or four, actually, Really big plays. He was really sticky in his coverage. Now, had he turned his head around, I think I'd even say to this on Twitter, had he turned his head around on a couple of those, um, he would have had himself a couple picks. Uh, But I don't necessarily expect him to be able to make those plays yet. He's one of those players that does need to be coached up. As long as he's sticky in coverage, he's with his man, that's all you can really ask for whenever it comes to Keyshawn Nixon. Uh, So definitely some good play out there by him. Um, Now, looking at some roster spots sometime this week i'm going to be probably trying to drop a 53 man projection uh, podcast in the middle of the week a little bonus episode again for you guys um but now looking at nick nelson he was over there on the other side getting toasted most of the time so i think that was a direct position battle that was big time affected tonight and here's one issue that i had with the game Mo Hurst was playing a lot, even with a good camp. I, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the entire game, but Mo Hurst was out there in the third quarter, and that is not something I want to see. He was making plays. Pull that sucker out of the game. I mean, I get it. We got a couple guys maybe that are pushing for spots to start in front of him, but Mo Hurst is going to be a huge part of the rotation in our defensive line. Why was he out there? There was no reason for Mo Hurst to be out there. Uh, he's had a great camp. Even guys like, I mean, P.J. Hall does have a little proving to do. Uh, but even guys like that, man, P.J. Hall and Mo Hurst, I think were the heart of whatever we had last year on our defensive line. We do not need those guys out there getting hurt. So uh, thankfully they didn't, but uh, it's not something I'd like to see. Damon Ray Pearson L, man, shifty and punt returns. Uh, he had some big moves for a first down, even on some receptions. Um, dude made some plays. Absolutely. I think he even caught a touchdown pass from Nathan Peterman. Uh, Pearson L is one of those guys that I don't want to say he's fighting for a roster spot because unfortunately he's in, he's in a position that is absolutely loaded. Uh, or should I say the position group that's absolutely loaded? Uh, but it's cool to see an electric guy back there like Rico Gafford too. Those guys will be competing, hopefully sticking around on our practice squad. That's the only thing I hate about these guys going out there and showing up, showing out. Um, I guess it's cool to get picked up. Uh, buy another team and get put on their roster that'd be great for them but it'd be nice to also have these guys stashed away on our practice squad so personnel um, out there made some moves he might uh be on someone's 53 you never know another guy i saw out there getting a lot of reps was brandon marshall and whenever i say getting a lot of reps uh, i don't want to say that means they're on the bubble uh, but that means that i guess at least their role in the defense um, is kind of in jeopardy kind of the same thing i was talking about with mo hurst 
Uh, obviously, they all still have some proving to do with how big their role is going to be. Brandon Marshall was one of those guys that was out there a lot. So keep track of him. The linebacker room is pretty heavy, at least in, you know in his group of things. So keep track of where Brandon Marshall is going to be. But uh, yeah, he's uh, he's something to keep track of. Uh, rolling on that one-year contract, you don't know how long he's going to be sticking around, whether it's to Vegas or not. I hope he is. He's talented. And he stayed healthy. That's been his key thing is not being able to stay healthy. He has the talent. Um, so we'll see what that turns into. Keep a track. Keep track of uh, number 54 out there. And then besides that, I think the last player that I was trying to keep my eye on tonight was Keelan Doss, and Keelan Doss did not disappoint. He is definitely pushing for a roster spot. I think at this point, when it comes down to wide receivers, like I said, I'm going to do a 53-man projection at some point. But right now, I think it's coming down to Keelan Doss and Ryan Grant. I'm not really sure. I think Grant has the edge. Uh, but they're giving Doss, I think, the opportunity to go out there and beat him out. Either way, I don't think that there's any way that either one of these guys are going to be able to stick around on the practice squad if they do get cut. I don't know how many wide receivers we plan on keeping. Uh, it's going to be an interesting thing uh, to think about. But yeah, Keelan Doss, I'm a big fan of him at this point. One or the other, tomato, tomato. I'm happy with them both. Keelan Doss being the local guy, I think that's awesome. Maybe he has a little bit more fire in him. Um, but I've also kind of had, uh, you know, a little thing for Ryan Grant. I know a lot of people aren't high on him. But I think he's a good player. I think he goes out there and makes some plays. He's reliable. Um, and he's just kind of just more a little bit of a vested vet, something that we could use deep in our offense to come in and step in and make some plays. So, uh, yeah, wide receiver group will be something I hash up later this week. But Keelan Doss, good stuff, man. And, hey, I know it doesn't matter because it's preseason, but it was cool to come away with another win. Uh, Peterman put us in a position uh to pretty much win the game couldn't get the two-point conversion to go through no big deal but the peterman and mike glennon battle uh is definitely something that's interesting because i don't think that there's any way that we keep three quarterbacks um and i don't think anybody should want us to keep three quarterbacks to be honest but looking at it now with mike glennon coming out that early he obviously has the early edge i think they're just giving nathan peterman any last chance to go out there and beat him out if you can't I think Peterman's gone. Mike Glennon, I think at this point, is going to be our backup quarterback. Uh, something I got to you know keep track of a little bit more. As you can tell, even on hard knocks, it seems like Gruden kind of already has that leaning edge on Nathan Peterman. So that's something to keep track of. But hey, Raider Nation, we're 3-0 in preseason. I know it's just preseason, uh, but we're playing good. Coaches are doing well. You can tell it was a little bit more of a basic game plan tonight, so it was nothing special, nothing fancy. But we got it done. We got one more week left. I think that the team morale is high. Antonio Brown is in the house. And uh, we're going to be leaving Winnipeg, Canada on a very good note. So wrapping up all preseason talk after week three, some good stuff, guaranteed. Now we're just kind of on a wait and see, man. September 9th, that's what we're all waiting for. I feel like the roster and the depth chart, you know, is set pretty well. I think John Gruden knows kind of where he wants his players already. Now it's just, you know, we just wait and see. Roster cuts are now, I think, August 31st. Um, so now we're just going to wait and see what happens over the next couple of weeks. And I think the silver and black has a nice roster shaping out. And I know I've been apologizing to you guys a lot this episode, but I'm going to go ahead and apologize to you guys one more time. I've been kind of dealing with a little bit. I'm starting to come down with a cold, so... Uh, if I start sounding a little too raspy or a little nasally, I'm sorry. I apologize. I think I've t- 
talked uh, through a couple sick episodes already, so just bear with me as I deal with it. Hopefully I'm over it by the time I do my 53-man roster projections. Uh, So we're going to take a break here. And although I am now sponsoring this episode with uh, Airborne and uh, a bunch of uh, DayQuil to keep me awake through this podcast, uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, provided by Blue Wire. And when we come back, I'm going to be hitting you with our Raiders Beat segment and we'll be closing out the show the only way we know how. And that's with Real Talk with Kenny King. So take a quick break. Be right back. If shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough of the low-quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with a quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in a discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be a tough tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. And we're back. I apologize. There's a little little bit more, uh, I guess, ads and breaks on what we're used to. Um, As we connect with this network, that's kind of just us doing our due diligence. That's how we keep this operation going. Um, So I apologize in advance, but I will tell you one thing. Uh, Make sure you do check out a couple of those things if needed. Um, I myself have had my Harry shaver for a while. Um, It's definitely easy and cheaper to refill on razors. I get tired of going and paying like 20 bucks for a pack of razors. Um, But definitely look into my bookie as we're coming around to fantasy football season. This is the time to take advantage of my bookie. So whenever the Raiders are on the the come up and you start seeing me post rankings like they're down at a 4% chance to win the AFC West, that's where you go. That's where you cash in my bookie betting on your Raiders as the underdogs this year. So yeah, make sure you take a look at it. But as the show goes on, I'm going to get back into a Raiders beat segment that we did last week again for the first time in a while, but we're going to keep it rolling. 
And this article is actually going to be a little bit different than what we're used to coming out of Raiders Beat. And this is going to be a little bit more of an opinionated article and something that we see as more analysis than nuggets. So we're going to talk about this crowded backfield here for the Raiders. Uh, So I picked this one actually highlighting our guy, DeAndre Washington. Uh, So we're going to see what RaidersBeat.com has in store for us. And if you're interested in the content, make sure you check them out. DeAndre Washington, an emerging running back in the Raiders' backfield. The Raiders' offensive backfield is getting crowded. Everyone knows John Gruden drafted Josh Jacobs to be his featured runner, but the roster depth behind Jacobs could prove to be nearly as valuable. Jalen Richard has long been assumed to be the number two running back in Gruden's offense, but don't rule out DeAndre Washington getting as much time on the field as Richard, or even more. Washington is totally over the knee surgery, from before last season and looks much faster and crisper than he did last season, Tafer wrote in The Athletic on Tuesday. He made the roster last year as the number four running back, and either Gruden is carrying four again or Washington is beating out Doug Martin. And the vet Martin is a Gruden grinder, so that's why we went with four on the most recent 53-man projection. Tafer projected Martin to make the team, potentially as a fourth running back, but Gruden would love to think twice before keeping a 30-year-old fourth-string running back. For what it's worth, it seems like Washington brings as much right now to the table as Richard, who is seemingly ahead of Washington in the depth chart, but Washington is the superior short yardage runner and has graded far better in pass protection than Richard in each of the past two years, according to Pro Football Focus. Washington, when healthy, looks like the most versatile and complete backup to Jacobs. We'll find out soon if Gruden sees it that way too. So like I said, if you like what you're reading, make sure you check out RaidersBeat.com, our parent site. They drop a lot of nuggets in there, but it's always cool to see some analysis and opinion on players like DeAndre Washington, who is definitely an emerging running back in the backfield. Um, And I will say that is definitely going to be something that you might see. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek into my 53-man roster. Um, I can see something definitely happening as Doug Martin could not make the team, but I can also see something as much as a wrench being thrown in things and deandre washington now having some trade value to a team like i wouldn't say san diego because i wouldn't ship them in the same conference or in the same division as us but maybe someone like the dallas cowboys who are needing a running back right now so that's something to keep track of uh the running backs getting heavy and we have a lot of talent in there to try and pack into three maybe only four guys um just kind of like our wide receiver so offense depth wise is definitely loaded And DeAndre Washington is one of those guys that can throw a wrench in a veteran's plans like Doug Martin. But guys, let's quit messing around. It's time to start wrapping up the show here, and we're going to do it the only way we know how. We haven't talked about hard knocks at all this week, Uh, so what I'm going to do is we're going to go ahead and bring in our buddy Kenny King Jr. We're going to kick this thing off, the end of the show, right and uh, we're going to see what's going down. It's, it's after the third episode now of Hard Knocks. We have two more to go. Uh, so let's see what it's all about, and let's get the King's opinion.
Yo, week three, preseason in the books. What's up, Cody Dog? How you doing, brother? What's going on, man? 3-0, feeling good, looking good. AB's got that new helmet on for now, uh, but things are looking up, man. What's going on, Kenny King? Man, things are looking up, you know, even though we played on the 80-yard field and uh, we didn't have proper uh, field position or kickoffs or anything like that. It seems like the Raiders always get screwed off, screwed up when we go to another country and we play on another country's field. Mexico is we had an earthquake and the field conditions were less than less than good. And, uh, you know, Wembley or we go to go to Europe and uh, Wembley's down and we had to go play elsewhere. It's like, come on, man, let's just get it together. Let's why can't we just get the, the Death Star open and play? <laughs> In my honest opinion, I don't even think it's just us. I think the entire NFL needs to get their crap together because for whatever reason, we decided to only check on these international field conditions last minute. Do you remember last year, man? Uh, Rams-Chiefs game, it's getting towards the end of the season. They're supposed to be playing in Mexico. They're both obviously playoff contenders. And they show a picture. Do you remember that picture of that Mexico field before like the week of the game? And it looked like literally like half of the grass was missing off the field. Like It was just completely gone. Yeah, it it's like, horrible. are we just going to rely on the guys of the stadium to like i don't know prepare an american football game that they, they probably don't even want us there anyways it's like nfl man take care of it and uh it's, you know i don't know if we're gonna do all this work and charge over 200 dollars to canadians to go watch a football game let's uh let's make sure it's right not only to watch a football game but to watch a football game with second and third and fourth string players <laughs> of guys who you don't even know their names you know most people don't know nathan peterman most people don't know glenn and outside of the people that watch hard knocks but that's the thing, though. It's like, had they maybe been on top of it, maybe they would have saw Aaron Rodgers for a drive. Maybe they would have saw some more defensive starters for a drive. But nope. If they're going to be sketchy field conditions, maybe cutting the field down, guarantee you all the coaches are just like, pull the plug. Done. Yeah, I mean, you know, if they really want to do something right, then go out there, make sure you're taking a step around, you're walking around the field, you're checking things out. You're making sure that these conditions are, are made for professionals to play on. You know, we have guys that are out there making millions of dollars and we cannot risk it uh, for, you know, for a exhibition game to where you're out in the you're out in the boondocks where, you know, people are going to watch this. Telling you, man, I'm telling you, uh, third week of preseason wasn't that big a deal to me. In all honesty, I could probably tell you, I maybe watched a little over 50 percent of the game. I wasn't super into it. Um, I got out, you know, what I needed with the guys that I was looking for to make the roster. I might look a little bit more next week, but uh, more importantly now, Kenny King, we had uh, the third episode of Hard Knocks this week. Yeah. And I'm going to just start off by saying Antonio Brown's return. Did they not amp that sucker up or what? I had, it had me pumped, bro. Dude, they set it up perfectly. I mean, the... From, from the last week, from when he came in and to the music that was playing, you got 21 <laughs> Savage bumping a lot. Yeah. I mean, dude, come on. It, it, it had me fired up. You know, Antonio dope. Brown up there giving everybody hugs, getting fired up, running out there, running routes, talking to Coach Bruton, saying thank you for believing in me, stand behind me. You know, come on, man. We got the drip drop, baby. Yeah, I'm telling you. Hey, and I thought that this drip drop thing was just Gatorade. I'm like, this guy's out here just like slinging Gatorade like it's something special. And it turns out drip drops an actual freaking brand of hydrating, like, uh, I don't even know, like a sports drink mix, huh? Something uh, something kind of, something wild, little uh, little free advertisement there, I guess, on Hard Knocks. Dog, he got, they got free advertising. I guarantee you he had to have gotten something from it because I went on to buy something and literally all the flavors were sold out. Oh. Actually, I'm sorry. Not all the flavors, just the watermelon and the berry because you had to keep it by the cooler. 
<laughs> well, I mean, the watermelon flavor's got to be the best, bro. If you see watermelon anything, you're buying it. But I'll tell you what, bro. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those things, man. Free advertisement, let's go. But more importantly, the thing with uh, Hard Knocks is some of these stories that come through. And this Darren Waller story, Kenny King. Bro. I We knew about this. We knew he had a troubled past. We knew he was a good player. Um, just kind of had rough off-the-field issues. But seeing how he was on the field, knowing that he was, I mean, dude, using every day. How nuts is that, bro? I mean, not only using every day, but using, it seemed like he was using during practice. It was using before, after, anytime. And the, the thing that really struck with me is that he was saying that he was really trying to self-sabotage and sabotage his career because he didn't want to be labeled as a quitter. He wanted to be forced out of the league. And you know, to be in that position where where he is, and the the level of the level of hurt that he must have been in, and to see him where he is now, um, I, I think that just it's a complete 180 what you've seen with the player because he looks happy, he looks motivated, he looks genuinely interested in what he's doing, and he really has a new lease on life. and And the man is out there busting his tail every single day, trying to make. I mean, he's going to make the roster, obviously, but. You know, he's trying to he's trying to be a top player and he's so humble. I think that's the biggest thing. His humility is, is what really speaks the volumes. When he was sitting there talking to the Madden's adjuster and he was like, Yeah, you know, I'm I, I believe that I'm I'm believe where I'm at. You know, I, I haven't I haven't played that much and I don't have that much tape and you know, I could get better. Like the humility of this player, I'm I'm excited for him. You can't help but not root for him. Exactly, bro. And I tell you, it was nice to know that I had a draft that same Tuesday. It was about 6 o'clock. I was picking him on my fantasy. And you actually, you got him on your fantasy football team too, right, bro? Yeah, bro. I got him on my fantasy team. He was a sleeper when I got him. Uh, he ain't a sleeper no more, man. I'm telling you that right now. It's a good thing you got him when you could, bro. Woo. And uh, my thing is, a guy that I've been picking out both times in both of my leagues, two out of my three leagues, Josh Jacobs. Uh, do we expect to see Josh Jacobs? we got two more episodes left. And we know that he's had a story, I guess, so sought after that he's had movie producers looking to make a movie after him. He ended up not being interested in that. But do you think that there's any way that HBO passes up on the opportunity to have Josh Jacobs uh, front and center under the lights for their last two episodes, bro? You know, from what I've been hearing and, and from what he's been saying is he's been ducking them. Um, so apparently HBO has been trying to get him. I think it's just a matter of time where HBO corners him and they finally get him. But it's, I mean, it, he's a story that everybody wants to hear. Every He's a story that everybody kind of knows, but we want to hear it from the horse's mouth. And I think that, you know, ultimately week three or week three of hard knocks or week four of hard knocks, we, we have to see it because Josh Jacobs is an incredible story that can't go un, un, untold. Yeah, I think, uh, I know he's trying to hide from the cameras, bro, but when you're on the field, whenever you're doing anything, there's no hiding from those cameras. I think they're just, nope. uh, I think they're just saving it. You know what I mean? Uh, Josh is a humble guy, but I think he, you know, I'm sure he's getting questions like, hey, bro, where are you at? Where are you, how come you're not on hard knocks? But, uh, I think, I think HBO is just saving him up, and I think he's got, a, he's got a special feature here coming pretty soon, bro. But, uh, another thing I want to hit on now is Antonio Brown. This is, this is funny, dude. This is probably my favorite pairing of teammates on the entire show antonio brown and richie incognito bro tell me they are not the funniest two freaking guys whenever they get together man bro it's i mean it's ebony and ivory right it's two guys that, <laughs> the the odd couple the unlikely pair 
the the two guys that the two apparently you know two of the craziest guys on the team just getting along with each other loving each other uh loving to be around around each other loving to be on the raiders and and just to hear the two talk i mean there's a genuine friendship there and i love it i'm here for it yes sir bro and then last thing hard knocks wise or should i say you know what one comment I actually want to throw out on Hard Knocks. Did you notice Keelan Doss? Uh, that that little comment that he threw out there that he wants to play on special teams is like, man, I got yeah, man, I saw teams. that. Yeah, Ooh, love that. I mean, Dude, look, Keelan Doss, do you do you have a spot for Keelan Doss on your roster? Bro, I got a spot for Keelan Doss on my roster in my heart. The dude's a dude's a baller. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, and I hate to say this, I think Marcel Aitman is going to be the odd man out, and I think Keelan Doss is going to get that spot. The guy is he's he's the same size. He's faster. He's a little bit more crisp on the route running. And he just seems a little hungrier. And the fact that he wants to get out there on special teams, he knows what it takes to make this roster. I think dude's going to make a genuine impact on this team. And I think if if the Raiders were to put him on the practice squad, he'd get snatched up in a heartbeat. And John Gruden knows that. So I, I think that he makes this roster. Yeah. And I'm going to say the most underrated story that we learned uh, during Hard Knocks is not the Antonio Brown stuff. I don't care about his feet. I don't care about his helmet. I don't care about his return. I'm going to say the, the the thing that we learned the most here on Hard Knocks was we have a good combination now. We know, you know, John Gruden, Mike Mayock, that was a good combo. But we have a combination of a good cop and a bad cop right now. Dude. Because yes. I'm telling you, uh, Gruden, we always thought, oh, he's not going to be able to get along with these, these new players, these new personalities. But now we have... Mike Mayock that comes in and you think he's you'd almost think that he's gonna be a little soft you know what I mean you don't know how he's gonna take on these players Mike Mayock this is this is this guy's a regulator bro this is Mike regulator Mayock right now and and he goes in he lays the law he sends a message to Antonio Brown's camp Antonio Brown shows up the next day I mean (laughs) no one even brings it up but it's like bro I mean, right. he pretty much bounced on Saturday. In the middle of the day, Saturday after walkthroughs, he bounced mad. Doesn't show up Sunday. Mike Mayock basically, I mean, goes to the media tent to send a message. I mean, he wasn't just found. He goes to the media tent to send a, to send a message. Sends a message, and Tony Brown shows up the next day. And then what we're getting on Hard Knocks is John Gruden praising the heck out of him, loving him up supporting them and i at this point man i love it bro we have a good one-two punch here john gruden mike mayock but bro i think the part that you that you left out and i think the biggest part was that rosenhouse came back and was like yo my bad my bad for the way that we handled it we should have done things differently this is what was going on like he was genuinely like shit this dude means business and part of my french but like mayock means business yeah. And we haven't had that. And Mayock, to me, and, I, and I'm obviously not comparing him to the man, but but the mannerisms, the way in which he carries himself, Mayock is carrying himself like a miniature Al Davis right now. Dude, I'm telling you, he's, he's running stuff, like, for sure, bro. And Rosenhaus isn't just your, your normal, everyday agent. He's used to running guys no. like Antonio Brown. He's had Ocho Cinco. He's had... Uh, Terrell Owens. He's had, you know, these big... He had T.O. during a holdout doing sit-ups in his driveway. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, bro. This isn't isn't no normal camp that he's talking to, man. He's talking to a high-level camp and a guy that's used to running a high-level camp. So, uh, hats off to Mike Mayock. Dude, I feel like I've said hats off to Mike Mayock like four times in the last week, but I don't think I can say it enough, man. This dude is... uh, 
This is the culture change in the front office that we needed, and, and I'm all on board, bro. You know, this is what we needed, and and, and I talked, I, I touched on this in Hard Knocks a while back, and or not Hard Knocks, and Real Talk a while back, <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, it could be Hard Knocks, but shoot, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I, it was really like when Stephen A. Smith went in on Mike Mayock talking about his qualifications for the job and and how Stephen A. Smith feels like he he only got the job because because he was a TV personality and he yeah. thinks he's unqualified. Well, you know what? Mike Mayock right now is showing every single qualification that he needs to be a general manager in the National Football League. These Any people, team. I'm sorry, I'm dog. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right now, Cody, these cats on TV. They run their mouth. They talk all they want. They they think that they get a pass, and all they do is they hide behind their little block button. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of podcasting is because we have a voice. What's the beauty of, of social media is because we have a voice. You got hacks out there like Jason McIntyre who want to sit there and say that they have they they didn't know that there was a such thing as Raiders fans. When Raider Nation came at him deep. What did he do? Instead of going out there and standing up, standing on the soapbox and standing for what he believed in, he tucked his tail between his legs, he put his tampon on, and he started hitting that block button. So I tell you what, if you want to come and unblock me, Jason, I know you're not going to listen to this, but I'm going to let all the listeners know. You can come see me. You know where I'm at, at Kenny King underscore junior. Tell you what, bro, that's real talk right there. Because I'm going to tell you one thing, dude, Jason McIntyre, I don't know what his problem is. But he wants to call out, he calls out a, a, a ridiculous statement saying that he doesn't know that Raider Nation existed. Dude, now Raider Nation exists rent-free in his head. And I guarantee you, I would love to see his block list right now. I guarantee you it is just swarmed oh, yeah. with Raiders fans. He was not ready for that heat, bro. He was not ready for No, he for wasn't it. ready for Raider Nation. He dude. knows He knows that there's Raider fans now. I can't even handle it, dude. I can't even handle it. He's a freaking Jets fan. The freaking New York Jets, bro. Like, you're going to talk crap about the Raider fans? Where are the Jets at? You got freaking two crappy teams in New York, and they still don't got no freaking fans over there. It's like, shut up, dude. Worry about yourself. Nah, man. Dude's hanging on so tight to Coleccio Assembly's jock that he can't see straight. <laughs> oh, shoot, man. Kenny King. Uh, man, when it comes to uh, hard knocks right now, when it comes to uh, being 3-0 and right now in the preseason, one game left, two episodes left of, of hard knocks. We're rolling in hot. Chicken plan is brewing. Antonio Brown's coming back happy and healthy. D.C. is running a quiet preseason right now. Yeah, he had his one drive. Yep. He is running a quiet preseason because you know what? I think the production is going to do the talking this year. I'm looking forward to it, bro. Kenny King. Off of what we have right now, right now, we're, what, two weeks, a little, almost two weeks away from the home opener. What, uh, what do you have to say to Raider Nation, bro? Look, Raider Nation said it was a little soft last week. We did make nacho cheese in the game. Really? (laughs) Guess what? We had nachos. Eat your damn nachos and shut the hell up. Now, sit down, strap in, and listen up, because I got something to tell you, Raider Nation. This week we're going in, we're playing the Seahawks. This is the same team that six years ago when Derek Carr stepped out there in, in the week four of the preseason, he lit them up and earned that starting spot. From that time, he has never lost his job. And guess what? He's probably not going to play this week. So we're going to go in there with Glenn on and the Peter Man, and we're going to go up to Seattle, and we're going to go into the Century Link Stadium where they have the 12th man and the radio pump noise. And guess what? We're going to go in there with our boys. The Raider Nation is going to create their own chicken plan for the whole team and take those Seahawks, put the Sea Chickens on the burner, 
grill them up and make some cheese. See, chicken stew, baby. Didn't we learn from last week, bro? I'm fired up, baby. Dude, you're corny as heck, man. What's going on? <laughs> hey, the corniness is nice. There ain't nobody in Seattle that I want to punch. Now, if we see Tyreek Hill, you can punch him in the chest, but that's all I got to say. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, okay. I'll give you that. That's respect right there. So we just we just having a good old time over here at Real Talks, what we're doing now. We ain't even we ain't even aggressive no more. We're just having a good old time. We're just having fun right now. Yeah. Kenny King, thanks for joining me, brother. We'll see you next week, man. And there you have it. Wrapping up Real Talk with my homie, Corny King. Oh, I mean, my bad. Kenny King, wrapping up Real Talk. <laughs> Do me a favor, actually, since everyone wants to call me Raider Pody. Uh, after that last episode a few weeks ago, make sure you guys get on Twitter after the way he's wrapped up these last two shows with his, what is it? Seahawk chicken stew or something. And his nacho cheese. Make sure you get on Twitter. Now his new nickname is corny King jr. Get after him, rip him one a little bit. He needs a, he needs to see this as much as I do. I'm over here with Bronco, Bronco Brant, Raider Pody. Uh, I got, imitators coming in you guys are gonna screw with me so i I mean like i said i'm still asking for uh kansas city kenny and uh like i said right now you as soon as you hear this you better add him on twitter and and call him corny king so but yeah good week we're rolling hot the the hype train is at full steam right now we're three and oh i know it's just preseason so i'm not gonna get too amped off that but like i said last week it'd be a lot worse if we're losing games so it's good that we're winning we're looking good. It's building team confidence, team morale. That's what we needed from last year. It's keeping everyone happy. Things are looking good. Make sure you guys visit my website, RaiderCody.com. Make sure you guys visit our parent site, RaidersBeat.com. We got a lot of good things going on. We're in the process of adding to our team. Things are growing over there. Uh, visit the site. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a Raider Cody podcast t-shirt. And keep in mind, if you're listening to this now, I'm going to keep reminding you leading up to it. During the home opener, we're going to be having a big old tailgate. And this tailgate is welcome to all listeners, all listeners, anybody, even if uh, some random people are coming through. We're going to stop them. We're going to chit chat. We're going to hang out. I'm going to have the big trailer hitch barbecue. You'll see me. I'll have a lifted white GMC Sierra with a big trailer hitch barbecue hooked up to it. Uh, we'll have a couple spots. We'll have one empty spot. Should be, I'm hoping to get on the corner of C Lot. And we're just going to be chilling, man. It's going to be kind of like a hangout, little maybe a meetup, a Raider Cody podcast hangout. Kenny King will be there hanging out with us. Um, a couple high-profile listeners that are coming through will be hanging out with us. Um, so it should be some pretty good stuff if you guys are going to the home opener. Keep us in mind. See lot. We're going to be dropping our location on Twitter on the Raider Cody podcast page. I'll be sharing it. Kenny will be sharing it. Uh, be on the lookout. As soon as we get there, I think the gate's open about 2, 2.30-ish. Uh, we're going to get in there. We're going to drop the location as soon as we get there, set up, hang out, have a good time, go in there, enjoy the game, enjoy a week one win uh, against the Denver Broncos. It's going to be some good stuff. Uh, but besides that, Raider Nation, be on the lookout within the next week before the next game. I'm going to drop a 53-man roster projection. Um, just going to be reviewing the roster. We're going to see what we can come up with. Uh, maybe we can uh, do some sort of mailbag suggestions something like that that I can take into consideration. Maybe I'll get some help from some listeners. We'll see what's going on. So pay attention to the Twitter page. Like I said, all the information, RaiderCody.com. This episode was brought to you by Raiders Beat, Blue Wire, and Airborne. (laughs) Thanks for getting me through this episode not sounding like crap and not feeling like crap. So I tell you what, the Raiders are looking good, Raider Nation. Stick with it. We're coming in hot. 
Don't lose that ambition. Be ready for September 9th. And until next week, we'll see you guys.